Welcome to another edition of the Raptors Pod Table Podcast. Carlin Gate alongside Scott Rafferty, and we are pleased to be joined by you guys listening to us in the offseason. No more Raptor basketball to talk about, but we still have plenty of Raptor news to bounce all around, whether real, fake, or in between. Uh, and there is some fake news out there, Scott. <laughs> there <laughs> certainly is. Apparently, Mark Gasol is on his way out of not only Toronto, but the entire NBA on his way to Barcelona. That has been the report by a guy that has less than 3,000 Twitter followers, and everybody ran with it as it was fact. Um, reports has soon uh, since actually came out that that is not the truth. Uh, even Barcelona even saying that they haven't even spoke to Mark Gasol about the situation, but they would be happy to have him. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, but we're going to talk about it anyway. I mean, it blew my mind how quickly that got picked up and how my, my Twitter timeline was just filled with it immediately. People saying goodbye to Marc Gasol, what a, what a great career it's been. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to just wait and see. It wouldn't surprise me if it does happen, to be honest, but you know, anything's possible. Yeah, it, 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 you know what? It would not surprise me if it does happen because that has been the rumor uh, mm. and it makes sense, I think, for, for a guy like Marc Gasol to want to finish his career at home playing you know, in Spain. Um, and for one of the, the teams that he came up with, it would be great for him to go back there and help them win a title. Um, that would put a perfect cap on his entire basketball career. Um, he's already a legend in Spain, but that would just like boost him to the next level, I think, um, you know, being able to win uh, in the ACB. But if he were to leave, um, a lot would have to uh, change in Toronto because uh, he did bring a lot to the table. Uh, first, I want to say, though, if he does stay, let's start there because I think that's a shorter discussion um, and we'll get to the if he were to leave. If he does stay, um, he, he gives the Raptors uh, still an anchor defensively, um, one of the best passing big men in the league, uh, regardless of whether or not you're like me and you think he's not as he, – he's past his prime. Um, and, Absolutely. And the window is closing on his athleticism fast. Um, he's not the Marcus Gasol of old. But he still is smart enough and savvy enough to be effective offensively and defensively. And the Raptors' offense benefited a lot off of Marcus Gasol's passing. Um, and that coming back would be a, an absolute plus for them heading into next season. Yeah, he's still a really smart player, a really a solid anchor. Um, the defensive numbers with Gasol on the court this season were just absurd. The Raptors were, I don't remember exactly, but something like 10 points per 100 possessions better, I think, with him on the court and that, on, on, defensively with him on the court. Offensively, like you said, he was a 40% three-point shooter this season, an elite passer. He's not a big-time post-up scorer anymore, but I still think he's a valuable player. I just think at this point of his career, he's not necessarily someone who can play 20, 25, 30 minutes per game anymore. He's probably transitioned more into the 15-minute-per-game the phase of his career to the point where I think he's probably just best suited to be a backup. Since he's come to Toronto, he's been the starting center. It's only basically been when he's injured, Ibaka has started. But based on how this season went and the playoffs, I do kind of wonder if he does return to the Raptors. If, like, let's say Serge Ibaka and Marcus all come back, it wouldn't shock me if, if Serge Ibaka is starting night one next season and Gasol's coming off the bench. Yeah, he was a uh, net rating of 10.1. Um, that was one Which of the absurd. best yeah. on the team when you eliminate. It's the best on the team when you eliminate the guys that play garbage minutes like Hernandez, Malcolm Miller, Paul Watson, and, and O'Shea Bursette. 
um, of the regular rotation guys, he was far and away the best uh, plus on the court for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, and, and I think you're right. He, he does still provide enough, even though he's not giving you the post-up scoring anymore. He, he, he's reluctant to shoot the three. Um, his presence still uh, as a ball mover is, is invaluable. And there's not a lot of centers in the league that can do that. Um, when I think about it off the top of my head without even researching, uh, obviously Jokic is up there, Bam Adebayo is in the finals. Um, then the list gets thin, right? Like uh, there's not many ball movers at the center position, um, pseudo point guards in the half court that you can really depend on to make plays. Are there some guy that, that can pass like Sabonis can do that? Um, you know, there's others that, you know, you, you can maybe get a, a dime every now and then, but someone that you can consistently run your sets through. I, I don't think, I think that list might probably ends at three or four guys. Yeah. Nurkic, Yusuf Nurkic is up there with yeah. the Portland trailblazers. Either way, it's a very small list. And even though Gasol's coming off basically the worst season of his career, again, he's just a really smart player. He knows where to be on the court. He knows what to do. You, any guy on the Raptors who's talked about him over the last couple of years has basically said how much fun it is playing with him. Cause he does, he gets, everyone moving the way he passes is infectious it forces guys to to cut and even though there's been so many times where it feels like he just turns down open threes he's still a guy teams have to respect there because hmm. um, again he shot 40 percent from three this season like he, he can make it uh which provides valuable spacing for everyone pascal siakam in particular a guy who loves to get to the basket having a sense who doesn't have to hang out in the dunker spot the entire game is huge for him so he absolutely still has value um just not, you know, $25, $30 million a year kind of value, which is what he, he was being paid this year. So, okay, he stays. We, we agree that he still provides value to the team in some way, shape, or form. Um, but what does that do cap-wise for the Raptors? And more importantly, can they get Giannis Antetokounmpo if Marcus Sauce on the team still? <laughs> that, that's the big question, right? The, the thing is, so there's still so much unknown with what the salary cap is going to look like because of the, how the how the NBA is going to be impacted by the season being suspended financially. But according to basketball insiders, the Raptors could have as much as $28 million in cap space this off season. That sounds great. The tricky thing is that doesn't include Gasol, Ibaka, or Fred Van Vliet. So if you re-sign all of them, you basically, you're signing up for no cap space because Van Vliet's going to make $15, $20 million. Ibaka's going to make $10, $15. Gasol's going to make 5 or 10 That cap space going, is going quickly. You resign right. even two of them, that cap, that cap space is probably gone. Um, the important thing for the Raptors, because I do think you know, they could bring all three back, is going to be probably, if they bring Van Vliet back, it's going to be on a multi-year contract, I'm assuming, because he's an important part of the team. He's in his prime. Ibaka and Gasol are not on the same page. And I think... If they were to re-sign one or both of them, it would be on a one-year contract to keep their books open for 2021 when Giannis Antetokounmpo could become a free agent. Because if they, if they guarantee multi, a multi-year contract to either one of them, it's just going to make it so hard to sign a max-level free agent. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's basically what they're looking at. Yeah, and, and, and Giannis, yes, is the big fish in the pond, but there are other pieces out there that could make the Raptors a pretty good team. Uh, mm-hmm. that might be available in years to come. So they do want to be flexible there. So that's what happens if he does stay, uh, meaning you know, if he decides to stay beyond a year, which would be insane, um, the, the, the chances of being flexible cap-wise is diminished. He leaves. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that 
it's it's open season. Checkbook is is as blank as it could be for MLSE. <laughs> well, again, it's here's the thing: the, the the free agent market in general is not great this off season. Um, there are a few centers who are available who, in theory, the Raptors the could. disrespect to the free agents out there that are trying to make money. Don't hire Scott as your agent <laughs> because you're, you're not going to make money on it's any just, contracts this 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 class. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, just, shout out to you. Uh, who else is there? Siakam, Abaka. I mean, or not Siakam, sorry, Abaka. Yeah. Uh, exactly. You're proving my point here. You're running, <laughs> you're running out names very quickly. Son Whiteside. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings me to that. Um, if they are going to go down the free agency route and looking for a replacement for Marcus Gasol there, it kind of depends on what they want. Because I think at the top of the list, I think the best center available this offseason is Montrez Harrell. Mm-hmm. If they were to sign someone like that, I'm assuming he's not coming to Toronto on a one-year um, ballooned contract. Right. Uh, I, I would assume he'd want something more long-term. So if the Raptors were going to do something like that, they would be sacrificing money for 2021, unless they were to sign him instead of Fred Van Vliet. But I think they would prioritize Van Vliet in that situation. If they don't go with someone like Montrez Harrell, you're looking at one, re-signing Serge Ibaka, which I think is a really strong possibility because by all, he seems like he loves Toronto. Um, he played his best basketball this season as a starter. They could pay him a, a big one-year salary and still keep their books open, and I'm assuming he'd be okay with that. Otherwise, you're looking at basically Aaron Baines, Hassan Whiteside, oh, Tristan boy. Thompson, yeah. Dwight Howard, yeah. Myers Leonard, yeah. and then yeah, there's Christian Wood. There. There's Christian Wood, who I think C- is come probably on. the most there's half the podcast. People, half the people listening to this podcast right now have no idea who Christian Wood is. I know you love him. He's a per 36 darling. Uh, his numbers have He's been interesting. Yeah, whatever. Um, no one's, no one's, no one's rushing to. You know, Shams and Woj can tweet that Christian Woods becoming a Raptor, and half of the Raptor population out there would be excited about that. The other half would be rushing to Wikipedia to find out who the hell this guy is. Yeah, but you know what? They would love that that breakdown of what Christian Wood brings to the Raptors and uh, how much potential he has because he, he's intriguing. I think out of that list, he's definitely the one with the highest ceiling. Uh, we also have no idea kind of what his flow looks like right now because he's just been so up and down in his NBA career. But he's the reality is I think he's going to get offers from better teams. That That's the reality. I don't think the Raptors are going to realistically be an option for him. But what this ultimately comes down to, again, is how much money are the Raptors willing to commit to someone moving forward, whether that's on a one-year deal or a multi-year deal, because that's going to that's gonna kind of shape who they go after if Marcus Gasol were to leave in free agency. Okay, so Christian Wood does not fall under that category because he's a young guy who's going to get a multi-year deal um, somewhere where they have been losing for a while and have extra money to throw his way. This isn't the Christian Wood podcast. You're not going to waste my time talking about him. <laughs> so there's other options out there, and you named a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Dwight Howard in the finals. I don't know that Dwight Howard would, would come to Toronto on a one-year deal. I think you know he's more likely to stay um, in L.A. Uh, if they were mm-hmm. to win this season and, and, and try to run it back. Um, you also mentioned uh, um, Hassan Whiteside, mm-hmm. and he's a guy that even though – he had a great year. He just doesn't fit the Raptors and what they no, he's need. Not. I agree with um, that. So it leaves small chances of, you know, possibilities of one guys on one year deals and what that fits and what that looks like. Um, given that the limited cap space and the fact that they're trying to keep the books open for the, uh, you know, the big free agent class. So I'm going to throw some names at you and you tell me whether or not you think they fit uh, and you think that the Raptors might be willing to kick a chance on. And first okay. and foremost, I think I got to go with an Aaron Baines. 
And Aaron Baines, on the surface for the casual NBA fan, might think to yourself, why would they do that? Um, he's not the passer that Gasol is, okay? No one is. But he does provide the shooting and could be pretty good defensively if you're given the opportunity in, in a team sort of defense uh, concept. He's not a lockdown defender one-on-one, but he can, he can do things uh, with a good defensive team, which the Raptors are, that um, you know, make him look better on paper. So mm-hmm. does Aaron Baines maybe fit that category of guys that can throw one near deal at? Yeah, I, I absolutely think that Baines is someone they could go after. Like you said, good three-point shooter, although it, I'm a little bit concerned about how well he shot this year because it was such a leap from what he shot the year before that it's hard to know how much to trust that. But in theory, he's a guy who's you know can space the floor at the five position, which is important. Not the passer that Mark Sol is, but you don't really have to worry about him offensively. Like he's, he's a smart player, and he's been a part of competitive teams in the past with the Spurs when they were competing for championships. And like you said, he's, he's a solid defender. He's definitely not the anchor that Gasol is. But in a, in a team like the Raptors, I think he would do just fine. So I, I do think given the right price, um, because I do think there's going to be a number of teams that could go after Baines this offseason after what was essentially a career year for him. I do think he makes sense for the Raptors. Willie Cauley-Stein has a player option. Would he fit on the Raptors? Ooh, look at you going, uh, going, going a few names deep. Yeah, is it, I think he might be worth someone taking a flyer on. Yeah. I don't think they would commit anything long-term to him. Um, he strikes me more as like a Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Stanley Johnson flyer. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? A one- or two-year contract. But a guy who can provide some switchability defensively, a guy who can rim-run, roll, I, I don't actually think he would be bad. Mason Plumley from Denver. He's age 30. Uh, he was the perfect backup to Jokic, and he would be coming in potentially in the perfect scenario for Toronto, backing up Serge Ibaka should he remain. Um, is he a guy? I mean, he doesn't give you much offensively. He's more of an energy guy, but he's cheap. And, well, cheaper than what the market has out there for him. And, some, like I said, someone that's going to be happy to come off the bench. He's a sneaky good passer, by the way. I feel like we've kind of slept on that. It doesn't help that he plays behind Jokic, who is the best passing center of all time, but he's actually not a bad (laughs) passer. Um, I mean, the trend with this is is vets, guys in their late 20s, early 30s, who kind of know their role. So in in that sense, I do think he'd make sense in a backup role for the Raptors as well, yeah. I'm going to go Canadian here and say Tristan Thompson. I know you mentioned him. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you see him coming home? He strikes me as someone who might not be going to the Raptors yet. I feel like even though he's coming off of a ridiculous contract, um, I do. he had a good year and I almost feel like he'll be looking for something like one more big contract, the type that the Raptors wouldn't be able to offer. So he strikes me as someone more who would finish his career with the Raptors and not necessarily sign with them right now. In saying that, if he, if he was available and actually wants to come to the Raptors, I think he'd fit in really well because he's a pretty versatile defender still a really good rebounder and a decent cutter. And again, a guy who knows his role. I think that's the important thing here. You want guys who can kind of buy into a system, um, which is, is kind of a shot to Hassan Whiteside because I don't necessarily trust him in one of those situations. So as long as it's, a you know, again, a vet who understands their role, I think they do make sense for the Raptors. Listen, Hassan Whiteside doesn't even know that Hawaii is part of the U.S. right now. So <laughs> let's, let's not talk about what Hassan Whiteside should be focused. He should be worried about worrying about uh, his country's geography instead of figuring out <laughs> what, how he's going to fit into the Raptor system. Uh, last Canadian on the list, of or my list potentially, is mm-hmm. a guy that has a player option who's playing in the finals currently uh, is Kelly Olenek, age 29. Um, 
he probably won't get another big deal that the same sort of deal that he got in Miami. So chances are he does take the player option, but from stuff that I've heard uh, is that he was looking before the pandemic happened, obviously and changed things. He was looking to opt out and look for a longer term deal, which does sort of make sense um, to get that security and, and know where you're going to quote unquote live for the next three to four years. Uh, is that place, that place is not going to be Toronto because I don't know that they give him a multi-year deal, but maybe he comes up and plays at home for a season or two. Is this the most boring segment ever if I just say yes to him as well? <laughs> I think I said yes to all of them. Um, look, Kelly Lennox, a, a solid backup, a guy who can space the floor. He's also a pretty good passer, mm-hmm. a guy you can run dribble handoffs on. You can put the floor out ball on the floor a little bit. Probably the weakest defender among the guys that you have mentioned, which is worrying, especially when I think Ibaka's had a pretty steep decline defensively over the last few years. Um, so it would be nice if you had someone a little bit more solid in that regard in a backup role. But I do, again, I do think if, if he was willing to sign for the right contract, I think the Raptors would probably look into that. Now, if you would ask me, I thought you were going to go with like Montrez Harrell with this. Those, those are the... Montrez yeah, but I Harrell think we've established, we established that. Mon- I, mean, I know the internet's been going crazy with Montrez Harrell rumors to the Raptors because he followed them on Instagram. Let, let, first of all, relax. Stop yourself. If, you're, if that's getting you excited, relax. <laughs> Secondly, uh, I think we've established that if, if they are going to replace Gasol, if he does end up going to Barcelona and that guy with 3,000 followers is right, then that means that they're looking for someone as a, as a, as a short-term stopgap there knowing that they already have Ibaka. It, like you said, something like a flyer that they the same, are, you know, Ronnie Ellis Jefferson, Stan Johnson yep. sort of deal. They're not looking for a long-term solution there. Uh, and in the system that, you know, Nick Nurse employs, they don't need their center to be dropping, you know, 20 and 10 every night. They just need their center to be competent and good defensively. And uh, so there's some, there's some out there that uh, I'm going to throw a bunch of names at you. Um, okay. and that's all I said all that to say that like Montrez Harrell it probably doesn't fit Nick Nurse's system I mean not that he can't play in it but he's not ideal to replace Gasol because he's not the passer that he is and what he does offensively the Raptors just don't need um, he's not a natural fit he's right. not a natural fit for what the Raptors want to do right. I agree with you on that front and uh, and defensively he's 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 not you know he's not the greatest so um, all right, I'm going to throw, like I said, a group of names at you. You tell me the one that would excite you the most if the Raptors brought him in uh, to replace a Marcus Sol. Okay. Bismack Biombo, John Henson, Willie Hernan Gomez, Ennis Cantor, Alex Len, Mike Muscala, Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor, and last but not least, Demarcus Cousins. Nolan's Noel. Okay. Why? That's the one that stands out to me. Again, it goes just back to he's a defensive-minded big, a guy who knows his role. He can rim run. He's not someone who needs the ball in his hands. And I think you just kind of need that next to Kyle Lowry, potentially Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, and OG Ananobi. And if you look at a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, he's at his best with the ball in his hands. He's also coming off of injuries. Bismack Biombo, I think it's pretty clear what kind of player he is at this, he is at this stage of his career, and I don't necessarily trust him in a, a backup role playing 15, 20 minutes per game on a team that's going to be competitive. Uh, a guy like John Henson, haven't seen much from, much from him over the last couple of years. So to me, Nolan's Noel is the best player of that group and a guy who would probably fit in with the Raptors the smoothest. You don't think Boogie Cousins might be worth a flyer? 
I, I just don't know if you want to bring him into this team. I, I think there's been a lot made of Boogie, Boogie's personality and how how difficult he is to mesh with the team and how he kind of rubs his teammates the wrong way sometimes. And that he just doesn't strike me as like a guy who would play for the Raptors in that sense. That's fair. And I agree with you. I think, I think he's uh, at this point in his career, it's not worth, and he could be a model citizen at this point in his career, but his history hasn't shown that. And he's not worth bringing in for this skill level that we haven't seen over the last two years because he's been hurt. So um, could he return? To, to he's super good talented. Maybe. I mean, he's he's super talented. That mm-hmm. that that's the if you're looking at talent alone, he's the most talented player out of that group. It's just the injuries do concern me as well. Yeah. Um, and again, it depends what kind of fly you're taking him on. If it, if it's two million dollars or whatever, uh, maybe you do. But considering that the Raptors are going to need, I mean, look, the reality is the Raptors could lose Serge Ibaka and Marcus all this offseason, and then they're in the market for two centers. But if you're looking, if we're if we're assuming that they re-sign Serge Ibaka and they're looking for a backup. I do think you need a little bit more of a reliable option there, which leads me towards towards Nolan's Noel. I was listening what, to. What are you saying out of that group? Uh, I. That's, that's a good question. Um, I don't. It it's wouldn't be Boogie. being put on the spot. It wouldn't be Boogie. Um, I, I do like Nolan's Noel. I just don't, and I think, and I think you're right in terms of the fit. I just don't think that excites me. And and anytime you look at bringing in free agents, um, I always judge it by whether or not I would be excited to see this player in. The uniform and that's not exciting me um you know seeing nor learns noel and he just doesn't shoot threes and i think um you know if you're going to bring him in why not give chris boucher more minutes like why why go out of your way to bring in another player that is he better than chris boucher right now yes more mm-hmm. consistent yes but chris boucher hasn't been afforded the ability to show you for an 82 game season, whether or not he can play at this level every day, he's not. He's he's too good for the G League, and he's he hasn't been allowed the opportunity to show that he can be good enough to play at this level. So give him that shot rather than getting a New Orleans Noel. If that makes sense. That's you assuming that Boucher is back, right? That is. He's a, he's, he's a restricted free agent this offseason as well, which yeah. means that he can sign an offer sheet with any team in the league. The Raptors will have the option of matching that, but. There's a chance that he signs with a team and the Raptors, it's too much for the Raptors to match and he, he's wearing a different uniform next season as well. Uh, I, I'm with you in that this is a good opportunity for Chris Boucher to kind of crack the rotation and be a more consistent backup, but TBD on what, whether or not he's, he's still with the Raptors. Um, the, I was listening to our good friend, a friend of the podcast, uh, Sean Woodley over on the Locked On Raptors pod. Um, and he mentioned Harry Giles as maybe a potential option um, for the Toronto Raptors That's not to bad. go out and get the the uh, Kings could only pay him a certain amount of money. And he's a guy that was talented, super talented coming out of uh, high school, went to Duke, um, but he has not drank milk um, in a long time. <laughs> he's played 58 games his rookie season, 46 games his sophomore season, and uh, – just, we just haven't seen him on the floor enough to really truly know what he's capable of doing. But we know that he's talented. Um, mm-hmm. we, we just haven't been able to see it and put, put it together. And I think, you know, I agree with Sean when he said, like, the Raptors have been really good at developing talent. The Kings have been piss poor at doing that. Um, maybe Harry Giles might be something that uh, you could take a flyer on. 
Yeah, I, I actually like that. He's also a, a pretty good passer, especially, especially for his position. And he doesn't provide any floor spacing, but he's a pretty good cutter, solid athlete. Like you said, though, the, the worrying thing for him is just his, his injury history and his inability to kind of stay healthy. So again, if you're looking for a, a, a con- someone who can consistently provide backup minutes behind someone like Serge Ibaka, um, I don't know if he is that person. But again, if you're willing to take a flyer on him like a um, Ronda Hollis-Jefferson or Stanley Johnson, he, he's, a, he's a really good choice. I actually kind of like that. Um, do you want to talk about Dewan Hernandez or should we just end it here? Uh, yeah, we can talk about Dewan Hernandez. <laughs> what, what do you want to say about him? I have nothing to say about him. I just want to ask you uh, whether or not you think he might uh, might deserve the, the call-up, so to speak, and uh, fill in the role that Gasol apparently is leaving. Um, or, or do you give Chris Boucher that option of sitting behind uh, Ibaka if he does stay? The reality is, I, I mean, I, I don't know much about Hernandez because we, look, he's a 59th pick in last season's draft. <laughs> He played, I think, six <laughs> games in the NBA this season because of injuries. And he only played in nine G League games. Yeah. So the reality is we just don't know much about him. Certainly not enough to say that he's ready to be a backup. So You're not going to go out on a limb and say that he's, uh, he's the next Bam out of bio or anything like that? I'm, I'm not going to go, go 28 total minutes on the court in an NBA, <laughs> <laughs> in an NBA arena. Just, I'm not, not going to go that far. All right. No, I mean, he could be in like the Chris Boucher role like Chris Boucher's role this year, next season, right? Like the 10th guy on the bench who you throw out there sometimes when you need energy and sometimes you can change games. I could see him in that role, but think like he's not, he's certainly not going to be a backup next season. Fair. At least I don't think so. Should they were, should the Raptors be worried before we get out of here? Should the Raptors be worried about signing a center and really going after the center market or should they maybe pivot and try to build around that small lineup that we saw a lot of in the Boston series where we saw uh, Siakam play a lot of five. And I know you probably wouldn't want to start the games that way, um, but you can close games that way. And we, we can definitely see more of that lineup. I, I enjoyed watching that lineup on the floor. Um, and I think it gets you an opportunity to get pal on the floor a little bit more, assuming that again, he could, he's, you know, being thrown around in trade rumors more than uh, more than he would want to be, probably. Uh, but his contract's coming up too, and you need to figure out if last season was fool's goal or if this is uh, the Norm Powell that was here to stay. I think that takes some of the pressure off of the Raptors having to to hit a home run in free agency because they do have that in their back pocket. Like they could play five minutes a game with OG and Pascal at the four and the five. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that's not a realistic lineup. I think for you know a lot of, against a lot of teams in the league. Actually, I take that back. It, you can probably play that lineup against a decent amount of teams. In the regular season, right? In the regular, in the regular season, yeah. But there's always going to be certain teams that you don't really want to play or go that small against, um, like a Joel Embiid, for example. Even Nicole Jokic, although OG actually did a really good job against Jokic in, the, in that game where they were without Gasol and Ibaka this season. So I, I think that's still more of one of those like secret weapon things for the Raptors. I don't know if it's something we're going to see consistently moving forward. But again, I, I, don't, I think that takes some of the pressure off of the Raptors having to hit a home run um, and signing potentially two centers this offseason. Over the last two NBA seasons, your boy, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, has played two minutes at center position in his last season in Brooklyn, one minute at the center position, or 1% of his minutes, rather, at center position uh, this season with the Raptors, 2% of his minutes at the center position for the Brooklyn Nets. Is he the missing, or is he the answer for, uh, for replacing uh, Marcus Hall? 
That's the problem with positional stuff, by the way. Because whenever he was on the court, he was basically a center. He's just six foot seven or whatever it is. So because he's not the tallest guy on the court, he doesn't get counted as a center. I mean, it's the same. It's the same kind of thing, right? Like that's a secret weapon. We've seen it with Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Is that he has the potential with his energy to kind of change games, really super super versatile defender. But he's not a guy you're going to want to play 25 minutes a game at center. That that's just a reality. So is he great as like a ninth or tenth guy? Look, I'm I'm a big Rondé fan. Um, no. I love his defensive that's why versatility. Yeah, exactly. I I love his defensive versatility. But you have to surround him with four shooters offensively to even have a chance at having a good offense. Um, so he again, he strikes me more as like a ninth or tenth guy rather than like your backup center, sixth or seventh guy. You know what that sounds like to me? Surrounding yeah. your you know center with shooters, so you even have a chance of being a good offensive team. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a center. That's what it exactly. used to be back in the day. Anyway, um, well, that's why I said he's basically he he functions as a center when he's on the court. He just you know it might not count his minutes that way. Yeah, fair enough. All right, uh, for Scott Rafferty, I'm Carlin Gay, reminding you right here, Raptors Pod Table Podcast, if you haven't already subscribed to you wherever you get your podcasts, uh, we have seen uh, an incredible amount of new subscribers. We want to say hi to you and thank you for doing so. Um, We're going to have podcasts every week throughout the NBA offseason. Who knows how long this thing will be? Hopefully, we can uh, speed things up by listening to a podcast every now and then right here on this feed every monday brand new episode we just dropped this one for uh for bonus content just because uh we heard a lot of the uh Gasol rumors and we want to join in on the fun yeah it was fun. it's been fun it, it has was been fun, fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time every monday right here on the raptors pod table podcast